BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, if you have been watching some of C-SPAN, which for the love of God, I don't know why you would torture yourself, but... It has become more and more entertaining as our house looks like Parliament right now with how these Republican members are taking to the floor with their outrageous lies, their racism, their slip of the tongue, right, as referring to people of color as colored people, because apparently we're not in the 21st century. Um, And the year is not 2023. Maybe it is 1623 for the Republican Party. But as we're watching members of Congress, these white Republican members, say all of the quiet parts out loud, air out their white supremacist desires, air out their white nationalism, you are watching Democrats absolutely lose their patience. Because I have long been saying, Why do we need to deal in civility with people that are uncivil? Why do we need to deal in niceties with people who are remarkably cruel? Because that is what the Republican Party is. They are a body that believes in cruelty, that believes in oppression, and that believes in white supremacy. And every single time that we hear these quote-unquote slips of the tongue or we hear members, quote unquote, misspeak, they are not misspeaking. They are telling you exactly what it is that they think, what it is that they believe, and what their vision for America is. You know, oftentimes on this show, I say that Republicans have no policy plan. And you know what? That is untrue. They absolutely have a policy plan. It is to roll back every single advancement that has been made on behalf of people of color, of LGBTQ people, of anyone from a marginalized background. 
for anyone that is not white, that is not cis, that is not hetero, and that is not male. That is their goal. Their goal is to drag this country, kicking and screaming, back, not even to the 20th century, dear friends, but to the 19th century. That is what they want. Because their vision for America does not have room for anyone else. You know, last week, I made mention of Rand Paul talking about the fact that athletes now are able to make money off of their likeness at universities and colleges across the country that play sports, that are bringing in tens of millions of dollars to these teams. And Rand Paul is just outdone by it, right? And he said a very racist comment that, of course, mainstream media just kind of allowed to fall on non-listening ears. But the reality in Rand Paul's statement when he said, oh, well, now we're just going to have a, a bunch of athletes that are driving around in Rolls Royces and Bentleys and they're acting more like rap stars than they are athletes. The truth in that statement is that he believes, as the entirety of the Republican Party believes, that black and brown people only need to be in service to whiteness. They only need to be working for the advancement and the economic advantages for white people. God forbid, right? God forbid you have student loan debt relief that allows you to choose what kind of job that you get that isn't just based on how quickly you can pay back your loan so that interests don't occur. If you are not suffering, then you're able to act from a place of independence, of freedom, and your choices open up. And what I realize is that that is not what the Republican Party wants. Every single policy that they are instituting, whether it is Ron DeSantis in Florida, Abbott in Texas, or these white supremacist members of the Senate and of the House, everything that they are offering the American people is not about expanding opportunity. It is about erasing it, shutting doors and windows and access completely. Because in their minds, that's the only way that white people can succeed. Which means to me that you're not fucking excellent as is. Because if you have no ability to fucking compete, right, then you are mediocre at fucking best. And so when I look at these statements that are being made and how mainstream media is not calling them out, it is just allowing the Republican Party, to normalize white supremacist ideology. And to call it anything else is to gaslight the American public. Coming up next, my conversation with Kaivon Shroff, who is a political influencer and attorney, and we get into a conversation about all the ways that the recent decisions that the Supreme Court has made with regard to affirmative action and student loan debt relief are going to affect future generations. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and 
producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, it's Steve Covino from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Folks, I am very happy to welcome back to Woke AF Daily, friend of the show, Kaivon Shroff, who is a, I, 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 Kaivon, I don't even, I say political influencer. I say a person that has spent over a decade in the Ivy League. I say a, a, a recent graduate of, of the Kennedy Law School um, and somebody who I follow, you know, now on threads, but in Twitter as well and on TikTok. Um, an influencer in so many ways, you've written a piece, you wrote a couple of pieces recently um, with regard to affirmative action. The first one being talking largely about this imperfect law that we had, right? That we now no longer have after the six to three decision by the Supreme Court that essentially made it illegal for universities and colleges to be able to use race as one of the um, tools of admission, right? To be able to use people's lived experiences as one of the tools for admission in, in, into uh, secondary education. And in your piece, you know, you, you open up with talking about the fact that as an Asian American, you know, the, the journey that you have had being in higher education and going after these degrees where you see less and less people of color, both in the student body and also on the faculty. So I, before we put on your legal hat, I wanted you to give the audience kind of a picture into what it has been like being in the Ivy League for the last decade. For sure. So I think one of the, this is a very personal Supreme Court decision for me because I can just think of so many people and faces that I've spent that last decade with who have added so much value, not only to my education, but also to who I am today, because I got to spend that time with them, learning with them as well. Um, so I think the loss here is very hard to capture for a lot of people that aren't there. But the reality is, 
the story of affirmative action has been so um, sort of falsely portrayed, I think, largely in, by institutional media, but also obviously by, you know, this right wing agenda that really ultimately got this case through on the court, um, not only pitting Asian Americans against other minority groups, but also just making a false statement that somehow at Ivy League schools, at Harvard, at Brown, at Yale, you know, there's all minorities and a white guy can't get in. That's absolutely not the case. A quick Google search of the makeup of any of those classes will show you that that's not true. So I think it's just alarming that that data has not pierced through. Then you have the Supreme Court who, let's be clear, every single lower court, and we'll get to the legal piece later, but every single lower court approved of Harvard's approach to admissions and what Harvard was doing. And I think this just makes so much sense. And I think most people, when you have a normal discussion about it, think it makes a lot of sense, was considering people in their context, giving credit to a whole range of factors of which one factor was race. But we never have that conversation. For example, an image that's been burned in my brain sort of since this decision, I gave a presentation at uh, Harvard Law School when I was a student there on DEI. And one of the things I wanted to, you know, classic liberal uh, point out was, um, you know, that geography is a factor in diversity and yes. actually inclusion. We often overlook that. And right. I did a quick Google and looked at Harvard Law School's admissions website and they were bragging, you know, we got people from 49 states. And I think it was surprising to some of my classmates that not all 50 states were represented in that class at HLS. And of course, the missing state, Montana. Montana is 43rd in the nation in education. It's a deep red state. It's a mostly white state. And if you don't think that the Harvard admissions office is bending over backwards, turning over every rock in the country to find a qualified applicant from Montana so that they can say they have all 50 states in their class, you are deluded. That is absolutely happening. It's happening at all schools across the country. And a lot of these schools are often investing greater resources in trying to get those rural recruits than they are finding that, you know, lower income, cliche, quote unquote, affirmative action student that people have in their heads. Now, I personally, I absolutely support that. Of course, I think we should have people from all the states at a school like Harvard Law School. And I think there is a gap there. It speaks to our higher education crisis in the country that that's not the case. But I think, you know, the conversation has been so misconstrued and boiled down into these right wing talking points that we just accept sort of as a given. And it's it's false. Yeah. And I think that, you know, frankly, the way that affirmative action had been discussed since the beginning of time has been wrong. Right. Which is that, oh, these seats are set aside for people who happen to be of color but are underqualified. And that is not the case. Right. That is it has always been that because that the additive of being a person of color, you have had other obstacles. Right. In order to overcome to get to this same point that a white student had no obstacles, but you've arrived in the same place. Your journeys are different. And I think that this this desire to have an ahistorical approach to our admissions process is one that we're not only seeing reflected in higher education with this affirmative action case, but we're seeing in states like Florida and in Texas, right, where you're having a complete erasure right, of black history, of history outside of the lens of white cis hetero men and how this is fueling our policy decisions. I want to give you an opportunity to talk now with your legal hat on 
about what you believe the ramifications will be following this decision and what else you think is at stake, right? Because many have talked about that this affirmative action isn't only about education, but it's also about hiring practices, right? And so how do you think that that will be affected as well? Well, I think a lot of people in reaction to this decision have rightly pointed out that a lot of corporations have really often freeloaded, essentially, off of the higher education institutions that have really put in the investment to build diverse pipelines of talent. And now that pipeline will be less robust, absolutely, as a result of this decision. So we need corporations to, you know, put their money where their mouth is. And instead of just relying on, I'm going to go to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, whatever, to recruit my class and I'll get a diverse set of people. Now they're going to have to actively find places that they can invest and build pipelines, maybe even earlier than college. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one result. I think on the admissions aspect, you're frankly not going to see the makeup of these classes change too much at a place like Harvard, because as, as I mentioned, right, there's all these other factors that they're considering I think what you will see is there won't be as explicit conversations about race. And I think it might be a word that's not mentioned too often in those background sort of admissions decisions and processes. At the same time, I think, you know, these schools have been preparing for this result. It was pretty obvious that this rogue court was like had an absolute agenda to do this. Um, So I think they're ready for it. I think, unfortunately, what you'll see is a lot of BS, wasted time, bureaucracy, dancing around what we're all talking about, which is assembling a robust and diverse class, and they'll still manage to do it. Of course, it will be difficult, a little harder. And then I think just to your point about how we miss, you know, inform people about affirmative action from the outset, I think a large part of that comes from these sort of negatively intentioned conservatives who weaponize diversity and use people like Nikki Haley as a shield. Yep. And I just think of the yep. best example that comes to mind, and it's ironic, but of course, Amy Coney Barrett is the least qualified justice on that Supreme Court. We know that white women have been the number one beneficiaries of affirmative action. And that's the example of this is an unqualified person who doesn't deserve this position. And just because she is a white woman, Trump said he was going to put a woman on the court as, you know, this see-through ploy, and that's what they did. So now she has a lifetime appointment on the bench versus Katanji Brown-Jackson, who was one of the most qualified people to sit on that court, who actually does have unique experience because of her journey um, as a public defender, for example, the first public defender in history on the Supreme Court, huge deal. But on every other metric, she blows those people out of the water. So that's what we're talking about in this case, that yes, how powerful to have a voice like that. And even though, of course, this court has delivered all these ludicrous decisions, I mean, she's already made history in her dissents in her stance on the court, in her questioning, in just this very first term. So that is the beauty of affirmative action, if you want to talk about it that way. That's perfect. You know, and one of the things, too, notably, I'm glad that you brought up um, Amy Coney uh, Barrett, is also the fact that the Supreme Court did not strike down gender, right? As a way, I want to make clear, to protect white women from being able to take advantage of different of how we view admissions, because gender also had been a factor as schools became integrated with both men and women. Um, And so I think that it's very interesting that that wasn't something that was struck down. But race, of course, was. And of course, the other exception, that military exception that I know a lot of people have jumped on, but the idea that 
this policy is effective and is important and does work. And so when it comes to, you know, black and brown bodies putting their lives on the line for the country, we're going to keep it. When it comes to access to doors of success and opportunity, we're going to shut it down. It's outrageous and, again, just incredibly hypocritical and transparent. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit Visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. You know, I also want to get your thoughts on the reaction because it was it was, you know, it was a one two punch that the Supreme Court gave out to um, those that aspire to higher education. It was the denying of affirmative action and wiping that away after, you know, 60 years of progress. Then it was um, rescinding President Biden's student loan forgiveness. Right. Talk to us about, again, the effects that this is going to have, particularly on communities of color. Communities of color and also women. You know, I think there, it's just blatantly clear that student loan debt disproportionately impacts students of color and women. And then, of course, you add on prohibiting access to these institutions in the first place through this affirmative action decision. So now you can't even access these institutions. And if you can, you probably can't afford to go. And so it is really a war on minority education, and it's nothing new. I mean, the target of the Republican Party for decades and decades and decades has been robust education in this country, and they've gone from there and used it to really ruin, I think, so much of our infrastructure and our functioning as a nation, and it's scary to watch. You know, and I, and I just, I, I consistently, as a former educator, I consistently think about the ways in which education, public education in particular, has been the civil rights issue of our time. 
for so long because education is the thing that has been used to try and create some semblance of equity. And so these attacks that we're seeing from the book bans to curriculum bans to don't say gay to all of these things are at the core to push people out of uh, public education into private institutions if they can afford it, right? Or to, to essentially continue the defunding, right, of public education, which is what DeSantis said uh, recently that if he becomes president of the United States, he's getting rid of the IRS, the Department of Education, the EPA, and, and so on and so forth. When you look at this Republican field, you know, is there anyone, Kaivon, is there anyone that you think, oh, they may not, they may not blow up the country? Absolutely not. And I think what we need to be clear about is, and I think this is an opportunity that's being missed, frankly, in these conversations is Republicans have framed this and media, I think, largely has framed this as here's Donald Trump, here's Ron DeSantis, and here's a bunch of other reasonable, moderate, yep. old pipey, old timey Republicans. And that is absolutely false. You go look at what Kristen Nunu is saying. He's insane. You go look at what Nikki Haley has said. She called for the deportation of U.S. born Senator Raphael Warnock just last year in less than a year, less than a year ago. Um, on the deportation to where? <laughs> he's exactly, an, he's exactly, American. Right? I mean, if that's not an extremist person, an extremist statement, and an irresponsible statement, I don't know what is. So let's never say she's a moderate again, please. I mean, she just was speaking right at that Moms for Liberty yep. where they actually yep. doubled down on their on pamphlet quoting Hitler. And these are where you know the moderates are speaking. Absolutely not. Now, Chris Christie, you know, I think, again, another opportunity. You want to share his viral hits. He is uniquely good at sort of going after the Fox News anchors, going after Trump directly. And it's helpful. Unfortunately, I don't see why we ha can't have more of that um, coming from stars on the Democratic side, frankly. But I think at the same time, you want to look at Chris Christie and say, this is a governor who I think um, they had to raise... Uh, Lowered the credit rating 11 times, if I'm remembering correctly, when he was governor. So terrible on the economy. He tried to play games with Sandy Hook um, parents, right? Wouldn't meet with them. So offensive and disgusting at the time. He then, Hurricane Sandy relief funds, did again, tried to play these sort of Trumpian political games. So I think if you say, hey, look, this has been the Republican Party forever. Look at who Chris Christie was. He was the guy that was the gateway to Trump. He was on his transition team. There are no reasonable people leading in this party, and they haven't been reasonable either. I think that's compelling. I know a lot of people think that, you know, we should isolate Trump and we're going to alienate people if we take that tack. I don't think so at all. I think, you know, telling the truth and being pretty clear about it is pretty effective. Yeah, because, you know, I continue to wonder as we, you know, make the march into the 2024 cycle, right, as we're going to we're going to have the Republican debate or maybe we won't have the Republican debate because neither Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis have said that they are going to show up for said debate. Right. So I don't know if they end up having one. Um, but nonetheless, as we make the march into the real presidential cycle. I'm just curious as to what the what is going to be the Democrats talking point, because honestly, Kaivon, I don't feel like. It needs to be that fucking complicated, right? Like, I feel like what we've seen, what you just laid out, just with ticking off uh, the Republican primary can uh, clown car, 
just in ticking it off, they have presented exactly who they are. There is not a non-extremist in the bunch. There is not a non-white nationalist in the bunch. And so if you were writing, right, the talking points that Democrats from Biden on down need to be beating and hitting every single time they were in front of a mic, a television or, you know, or a, a camera phone, what would it be? I like the frame of let's finish the job. I do because I think it is a consistent message and it, and Biden has delivered. And so the narrative holds for me. It's in 2020. We said we're going to protect democracy and, you know, course correct the country. Here's over 300 bipartisan wins that we've had. Here's some other things that aren't bipartisan, but were really important. And I led the charge on. And I think the piece that you need is so, yes, we need more time. Here's what we're going to do in the next four years. The number one thing I think politicians forget is you can't just take victory laps and you know, recite all the things you've done. You got to tell people where you're going, how it's going to ben benefit them more in the future. And then two, I do think Biden has done a good job showing young voters, voters under 30 like myself, that he's willing to go for the, to the mat for them. And I think keeping that up and not shying away and specifically two things. One, on student loan debt, I'm very happy that the minute that that decision came out, yes. not a minute, but you know, within hours, yep, yep, yep. Um, Biden was out saying, here's what we're doing. We're trying it again with a new tool this way. And that was important because I think one of the takeaways from that midterm success with young voters was we want to see you take shots on goal. If they don't all hit, that's okay because we know things are messed up. But what you absolutely can't do is tell young voters this is how it's been, and so we can't do that because it's not in accordance with precedent, because everything's up in the air right now. The, the rules are all reset. The Republican Party is not playing by any of them. So, right, I'm just saying, like, when you talk about the Supreme Court, let's not pretend this is a normal Supreme Court. So I'm glad Biden said this is not a normal Supreme Court. But number two, I do think the Supreme Court is being a missed opportunity right now. And mm -hmm. I wrote in the Boston Globe recently, Democrats are taking the wrong lessons from their success with young voters on this issue. Because if they don't push this, if they let those six justices, each of who is involved in a corruption scandal, really yep. each one, I don't even, by the way, sometimes I repost like, hey, just a reminder, did you know Gorsuch did this? Did you know Barrett had this conflict? And a lot of people, it's new information to them. They don't know how involved each of those justices are um, in something that's pretty wildly unethical. And just an example, right? Amy Coney Barrett, after she was confirmed, most of the justices, if they have a partner that's in the law, that lawyer stops practicing, basically. That's happened time and time again. Her husband not only continued to practice, um, which there's no bar on, but opened a law office in D.C. And then Amy Coney Barrett refused to disclose that client list so they couldn't do any conflict checks. So you don't know if her husband is working with people arguing before she, her, right, on the court. I mean, if that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. Now, one thing I do want to say is it's so important that we draw a distinction between the liberal and conservative justices because they are not the same. And I think it was really gross, actually, to see this week reporting yep. from the Associated Press trying to wrap Sotomayor up in this, like, cabal of corrupt justices for here's what the, the, the scandal was, that her assistant was sending libraries, institutions that were hosting her for a book talk, instructions on that, okay, when people line up, they need to have a book in their hand, meaning they either needed to bring a book or buy a book. 
That is not using your office to sell influence and access. No. It's not going on jet trips. Because are those people? Are those people here in cases? Are exactly. those random are, are, are people? Are those billionaire yeah. right wing donors that you're leaking opinions to? I don't think so. Like Alito did. So that's outrageous. But I do think we want to see Dick Durbin do better. We want to see people yeah. take these shots. Like, don't say you're not going to subpoena the justices. Don't say that again. Like, I don't want to hear that ever again. That you're not going to su- subpoena Justice Roberts. Like. Absolutely. Haul him in front of, you know, anybody that you can have him answer for what he's overseen, which is the popular delegitimization of the Supreme Court. Put this on them. And then the beauty of this, number two, is for the first time in history, because Breyer has retired, this was the first term that all three liberals are women. And the beauty of the Supreme Court to me is that these are not supposed to be public partisan actors, so they're not supposed to be giving tons of talks. They're not supposed to be talking to journalists and reporters. And so, unlike the conservatives who do this all the time, if they just stay quiet and do their jobs and say no comment, which they're not supposed to give, we can build them up. We can have three RBGs right now, right? We could create sort of this excitement and mythology about people like Justice Kagan, who, by the way, refused a care basket from her high school friends of bagels and chocolates because she wrote them back in an email and there's receipts to prove this. I'm worried about the ethical reporting requirements of this. So let's make clear that these are not the same groups of people and really celebrate the three women justices that we do have on the bench. That will be powerful. I think that that is great, as well as all of your messaging points. We will have to leave it there today. Um, Kai Von Schroff, as always, it is such a pleasure um, to have you on the show and to get your insights. And frankly, you know, as somebody who is under 30, to really get perspective on what this Democratic Party needs to do in order not to fail um, your generation, which is seems like we are already in the process of doing. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I love coming on. Appreciate you. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.
When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway.